When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Franny Benali and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, to his left foot. Brilliant. Oh, it's a Hello and thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. This week, we returned back home as we took on Arsenal at St Mary's on Thursday night. And in conclusion, we still can't play at home, with or without the fans. So everything we can say is back to normal now. As usual, we have the Moscow Mush and Statman Steve to break it all down. And later in the away end, we are joined by Ricky Hart of the YouTube channel The 1881 Club to prepare us for Sunday afternoon's trip to Vicarage Road, where Watford await. But first, the Moscow Mush and Statman Steve. And actually, in my show notes, I've missed out the T in your name, Steve. So now you're known as Statman Sevy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, how are you two? Mush, another busy week, another home loss. Good week in the Moscow Sun, though. Yeah, although I'm stuck indoors for most of it. Um, but yeah, like you say, uh, it's, it's like nothing's changed since uh, spring. Uh, busy, uh, sat indoors, and Saints still got win at home. <laughs> The heat wave's still going with us, so it's about 30 degrees today, so I might go out in a little bit and enjoy it as it cools off a little. Nice, nice. 
I mean, Steve, how are you doing? Um, are you enjoying this mini heat wave that we've had? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been good. Um, I think the weather's just been a bit changeable, really. Um, but no, I've, I've, uh, I've been enjoying myself. I've been to the beach a couple of times this week, so that's been, uh, that's been pretty, pretty nice. Not Bournemouth um, Beach, I hope. Not Bournemouth Beach, no. Um, yeah, I go a bit further along than South End Beach, so if you see those photos, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, now, as we're recording this um, earlier this week, due to the midweek game against Arsenal, and you know the Watford game on Sunday is going to be during our normal recording slot, so the ITN news isn't really going to happen this week. But um, there are a couple of things quickly that I just want to go through. Um, I'll start with my ones first. Firstly, I read an article from Ralph in the week shedding light on our previous questions that we had involving the loanies of Kyle Walker-Peters and Kevin Danso. Basically, he's saying that he hasn't made his mind up on them yet, um, and he needs to see them play in these remaining fixtures. He said everybody should get the chance to show up in the last games. So that's his intention, I guess. Or maybe he's just waiting until we're like mathematically safe, and then he can start bringing Danso and Kyle Walker-Peters in. I mean, I don't know. I thought you were going to say is, um, you know, everyone should have their chance to show up in the last few minutes of the match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, so maybe he's waiting for that uh, that all clear. Well, we, we're pretty much there now anyway, aren't we? Oh, all but mathematically, yeah. 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 Um, he also stated in the week that uh, he has added motivation to finish as high as possible for financial reasons. You know, the, the transfer window is the most uncertain it's ever been, I think. So extra funds, I mean, that's going to be massive. I mean, as we finished 16th last season... That saw us earn 9.5 million. So, and 14th place at the moment is 13.3. And last season, 10th place would have paid out 20.9 million. So, it's vitally important not just to ride out this season, but to, you know, make a push. Because we need stress on that need. We need to get this transfer window right. We cannot afford to have another Vestergaard or Elianusi situation. Um, and, and lastly, from me, uh, Morgan Schneiderlin has begun a new chapter of his career. He returns back to France with Nice, having signed from Strasbourg in 2008 now. Wow. Um, joined us, wow. amassed nearly 350 appearances for Saints, Man United and Everton. So, yeah, best of luck to him. One of my favourite players, actually, I think. Um, he was a player that never... He always had the back in from the fans as well, and he hardly ever put a foot wrong. So I've got a lot of fond memories of him. So, yeah, all the best, Morgan Schneiderman. Hey, good luck, Mosh. Bon chance. One chance. <laughs> um, actually, I have got one more thing. Um, you may have heard that someone won the league on Thursday night. Um, and we're set to claim some money back from that. And, you know, in the process, like clauses in their contracts mean that we could earn up to three million from the sales of Van Dyke, Mane, Lovren, Lallana. So, yeah, that's, I suppose that's one good thing coming from this. Mm. But, yeah, any news from you two? Um, I mean, we are finally officially saying goodbye to Cedric Suarez. Um, um, he, he's apparently signed a permanent deal with Arsenal. <laughs> um, worth, worth about five million. I don't know who... Someone must have lost a bet there. <laughs> yeah, I think um, Arteta's been making some questionable choices at the moment, hasn't he? That, like, that he offered David Luiz a new one-year deal as well. Yeah, mm. questionable. Mm. Maybe he's just trying to get everybody on, on side. I don't know. But yeah, good good luck to Cedric, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Why not? He seems to be enjoying himself, um, getting paid to do fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> it's on holiday, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first thing he does is get injured, doesn't he? Um, in training. So, uh, Steve or Sevi? Um, yeah. <laughs> have you got Have you got any news? Um, just one from me. Yeah, I think we were talking about it earlier today. Um, I just kind of woke up and saw some news on Twitter that apparently Lamina um, will be staying at Galatasaray next season, but again, mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to be on loan. Um, I think the reason behind this is apparently because Galatasaray can't afford to pay more than about eight or nine million for him, um, which I find hard to believe because. You know they play in the Champions League and they get money from that as well. Um, but uh, I think Saints don't want to sell them for that price, so it's looking like it will probably be another loan deal out. So um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that one. I think they've, got, gonna... I think they've got to. I think they've just got to accept whatever they can get for him. To be honest. Yeah, I mean they're only going to run down the clock until he's on the last year of his contract and then try and snap him up for the price they want. Yeah. 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 Good point. They need to just just sell them for whatever they can. Yeah. We just we we just need to get rid of these um, players out on loan. Um, just just going to free up some more funds as well, and it's going to help us um, for next season. So. Yeah, especially in this yeah. transfer market as well, as we mentioned. Yeah. Exactly. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, on to Arsenal from Thursday night, the six o'clock kickoff. Uh, coming in, I think. Well, yeah, all three of us were fairly confident against this wounded Arsenal side that we we would take the points, and you know that the record looks like it looks pretty good in our favour. Like we won three of the last five Premier League games against them, and the other two, one was a draw, one was a loss. So that's more than the previous twelve at the Dow and St Mary's combined, where we'd only won twice. So yeah, quite good recently. However, we do often concede goals against the Gunners. Um, only Man United have scored more goals against Saints. That was 82. So Arsenal had 76. Call that 78 now. Um, and did you know, right, I pro- you probably didn't know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Arsenal have played on a Thursday night three times this season, all against South Coast teams. They lost at home to Brighton and drew with Bournemouth. So, yeah, we have to go and break the mould on that one, didn't we? <laughs> um, and Danny Ings likes a goal did you know that too um, he's got a yeah. great, great record against Arsenal scoring three in his last two against them um, Aubameyang stuck on 49 Premier League goals and on a bit of a drought failing to score in his last three appearances that's 314 minutes and he's had 10 shots attempted in that time as well so all the omens pointing for a Saints win so we definitely definitely were not going to lose this game were we so we lost 2-0 <laughs> uh, Had to be. Yeah, another home loss. Uh, goals gifted to them from unacceptable mistakes. Eddie and Ketia latched onto the Alex McCarthy error inside 20 minutes, and Joe Willock rounded off the victory three minutes from the end, as like 10 men Saints limped over the line at that point. So, so the, the 11. I go for the 11 with you again. Uh, it's unchanged from Norwich. So McCarthy, Bertrand, who was making his 200th Saints appearance. Uh, Bednarik, Stevens, Valerie at the back. And then we have Redmond, Hoiberg, Woodprouse and Armstrong in the middle with Ings and Oberfemi up front. Uh, the bench, Gunn, Vestergaard, Long, Adams, Romeu, Walker-Peters, Smallbone, Vokings and Teller. Uh, no Buffal, uh, you know, the potential game changer to come off the bench. I was quite baffled by this at first, but then Buffal did um, take to Twitter and said that his absence was due to a slight thigh injury from Monday's training. 
Um, but Mush, were you happy or annoyed with this selection? Um, happy. I think we, when we talked about this last time, I think the only question of, was over who was going to be right back. He's sticking with Valerie. So you'd think that would say something about Kyle Walker-Peters. Um, but as we saw, um, he's actually given him a chance to come on at halftime. So um, long, not quite fit to be in the starting lineup. So stuck with Oberfell. Um, I think that was the only two questions we had, weren't we? But yeah, are you happy with it? Yeah, yeah. I don't see why you should, why, why you couldn't be. Yep. Okay. And and Steve? Yeah, yeah. I was happy with it as well. I think. Um, yeah, the only thing that kind of well outraged me was the right back selection. Um, I wasn't too happy with that. Um, but <laughs> other than that, though, I, I think I think it had to be you know the XI that that it was. Um, but yeah, right back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know you win three 0 with that eleven. You feel like you got no reason to change it up. Yeah. So yeah, very true. Keep it as it is. But yeah, I was the same. I just looked at it. the the thing that actually. As I said in the build-up to this, was the, the fact there was no Bufau, and I thought, oh, oh hello, what's going on there? Because I never heard of an injury at that point. Mm, I yeah. thought, I thought yeah. what's happened there? I thought, you know, I always think the worst, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, the game then, Kev. Uh, where, where do we want to start on this one? Um, oh, don't, 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 does it matter where you start? Um, <laughs> it was. I mean, it was. It was. It was poor, wasn't it? The first half. Very um, Yeah. I mean, from that scare we had with uh, Enkessia goal that he scores from um, an offside position, but um, and then Aubameyang's chance uh, that um, I think Maka came when we first look at. It. Yeah, he does get a slight touch, and that's enough to send it off the bar. So yeah, credit where credit's due there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't take long before all that credit is rolled straight the fuck back in. Uh, <laughs> Um, oh, do I have to talk about this? Um, yeah, I guess we have to. Painful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just sums up the performance um, throughout the whole of the the first half. We're looking back a bit too much. Um, mm. Just just totally afraid to, to get the ball forward. And it's uh, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg, who, um, not for the uh, last time in this match, um, stitches up, I think, um, Bednarik. He's forced him into a, um, a back pass to Maka, mm. who sort of, you know, dilly-dallies a bit on the ball. He should have just, you know, tapped it back. Or, I mean, there's a couple of options that he had there. Um, yeah, could have passed it to Stevens or, or Bertrand. But, yeah, he just sort of creates this um, pass that doesn't exist. Mm. Uh, again, in Ketia, we've seen that he was, you know, he's dangerous and quick. He one sniff of danger and he's on it and just has to shepherd it into an empty net. Yeah, okay. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I just wanted to say that it was a, a McCarthy blunder and it was a bad one, as we said, but, yeah. but I just want to piggyback off what you were saying there, like the, the casual and needless back passing, that was to blame as much as the McCarthy for me. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you. I, it, I think they were both put in Bednarik and McCarthy put into uh, you know a difficult situation they it was needless mm. um, neither of them come off looking good out of it but yeah definitely not McCarthy yeah Just a quick decisive tap and then you know get the play moving again but yeah I mean painful. but Hoiberg went backwards twice during the build up to that mm-hmm. and both times yeah. if you look at it he had other options the, the second time when he went back to Bednarik he had Ward Prowse open and square 
And why did he not think to, to do that? Because I suppose it's it's Hoiberg, isn't it? I don't know how you saw it, Steve. Yeah, I, I think um, to be honest, I I kind of just really noticed the bed and the right back pass, and I was thinking just kick it. Like all he all he has to do, mm. all McCarthy has to do is just kick it out, and that's and that's not going to be a goal. But I think we're casual. always probably gonna yeah casual. I, th- I think we're all gonna you know kind of scrutinise the keeper because if a keeper makes a mistake, then you know, it's mm. very plainly open to see. Whereas if if a player kind of contributes towards, um, you know, that action of play, then that can kind of get missed. So um, exactly. yeah, I do feel for McCarthy. I, I think potentially, um, and I'll probably, yeah, go into it in the stats a bit later. But I noticed he was kind of coming out of his box quite a lot this game, um, more so than Norwich. So I, I don't know if they've been working on something different, um, saying that he needs to pass it out more from the back. But you could tell he wasn't quite comfortable with it. Um, and I think that was telling in the game. Yeah. There's no excuse for um, communication issues when you've got no crowd noise. You know, you just one little shout and you know what's happening. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, no, no idea what McCarthy was doing. Just like... Did he not see him? Did he have a bet on or something? I don't know. I just, <laughs> yeah. It's fucking shocking. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's, just like, it's like he tried to pass it without him thinking that he was there. It's like he didn't see Nketiah. It's just like so so casual and so slow when he took the ball. Mm. It's like, I can't, yeah. I can't see this yellow shirt coming towards me. I'm just going to pass it right through him. Oh, no, he's there. <laughs> it's just a ghost. Yeah, and he and he knows as well that he's never going to catch up with him as well. He sort of ran back a bit, and then he kind of gave up because he knew he was he was never going to catch Inketia either. Yeah. But the, the thing that I don't like is, I mean, I'm going to be staying off of Twitter for a couple of days now anyway because of um because of Liverpool winning the league. But <laughs> after this game, it's just like yes, okay, he made an error and it was a bad one, and it probably let's face it, probably cost us any chance of, of points. But we have to say it again, Steve, the keeper makes a mistake and it's a goal usually. Yeah. Yeah. There, there were plenty of people making mistakes all over the field that just go unnoticed. And straight afterwards, fans are calling for Angus Gunn. It's like he hasn't got a mistake in him. Okay, yeah. so, so then what? He comes back in, he makes a mistake, and we call for McCarthy again. I, I, at this stage in their careers, Gunn makes more mistakes than McCarthy. We need to stand by McCarthy, I think, accept the mistake, move on. And let's face it, he doesn't need... Any anyone or any of us telling him how bad that mistake was, he knows that. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that Gunn shouldn't give, be given another chance at some point because he should, because he's still what is he 24. Um, but we need to make our minds up who we want as a number one, and then we need to go with it. For me, mm. it's always been McCarthy. Mistakes are always going to happen, but he makes fewer. So yeah, that's that, that's where I stand on that. It was a bad mistake. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And Gunn, yeah, like I said, Gunn, Gunn comes in, fine. He might have a good game or two. He'll make a calamity, and then it's just going to be go, just gonna go, go around in circles. Let's, let's just stick to one and, and stand by him. Yeah, and I think as well it's worth you know pointing out that McCarthy's saved us so many times in the past couple of seasons. Yep. Um, and also, like we only have to go back to the Newcastle game and see how good he is. You know, he saved the penalty. Um, it's not. It's not worth kind of forgetting that just because he, you know, makes an error. But and yeah, also, Steve, going off the back of that, he was our player of the month for March. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that brilliant run of games that he had in March. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he conceded one goal, didn't he? But yeah, that's good. Um, anyway, one 0 to the Arsenal. 
Where have we heard that before? <laughs> um, but yeah, straight from that, Kev, we didn't just, just didn't seem to get kicked into gear, did we? It was just lacking creativity again. And there's not really much more I can say about the first half. It's just we stumbled into half time with nothing to show for it. Yeah, I mean, just one one shot on goal wasn't it in the whole first half. Um, we were clearly the worst team and possibly lucky to be one nil down at that point. But you know, still in the game. Yeah. As long as you don't make any more mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Just don't have any stupid individual errors. <laughs> yeah, um, and um, forget the back passes as well. <laughs> and, I'm glad that they listened. Yeah, yeah they did. They saw. Uh, and half time, as I say, it was, it was one nil. Um, before the game, Steve, me and Kev, um, we had a, mm. a, an idea to watch one player of note. Okay. So yeah. we decided before the game it was going to be that you know that that right back position was going to be the one <laughs> we were going to look at and what a treat. Yes, <laughs> and that, <laughs> and that Oberfemi one was the one that I wanted to, to take a look at. Um, Kev, mm. I, I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing on Oberfemi because I don't remember a touch of note. I think no. I, I think he had three touches in that entire first half. Um, he Holy did. Fuck. Yeah, he did. He was pressing high and he was working hard off the ball. But he just never got involved at all, so I can't find anything that's going to be, that's going to help us here. But how did you get on with Valerie? Um, well, I was really glad that we decided that because it actually gave me something to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Entertainment. Yeah. And it was worked out beautifully because you know we were having this debate over Carl Walker Peters versus Valerie, and um, they both got you know even game time uh, with a half each, and. From what I saw of uh, Valerie in the first half, I'm not, I'm not going to slag him off too much. Um, I'll mark all of his positive contributions, in my opinion, every time that he got the ball, um, or negative contributions. And it was about We even. haven't got enough time for the negative ones, Kev, come on. Um, well, it's about even, I would say. So, yeah, um, <laughs> he, he does, he, you know, he gets, gets forward quite nicely, but I mean, that's his undoing that he can't get back quite enough. Um, yeah. It was him uh, not only covering Aubameyang, but also Saka, and he mm. didn't really um, stand up to either of them. And Stephen his... struggled. Stephen's really struggled against Aubameyang's pace as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, just did. just because um, you know uh, Valerie's area of the pitch was often vacant, so Stephen's again had to cover for him, you know, whilst he's um, further up the pitch. So. Yeah, I kind of felt a bit sorry for Stevens because um, he, he ends up looking um, a bit bad just off of the system that we were playing. But, um, yeah, Valerie's strategy for the... I don't know, maybe it's not a strategy, but he always ended up just hitting the ball out of play across the sideline for a throw-in. That, that, that's mm-hmm. that's all he did. Like, I think most of the negative contributions, I said, was just him doing that. That's his idea, slow down the play. And that's not really, you know, it's not really a forward forward-thinking... I think, thing to do. I think strategy-wise, for Arsenal's point of view, it was clear that they were going to attack down Valerie's right. Because yeah. we saw the, the goal, as you said, that Nketiah put in that was disallowed come down that, that left side, Arsenal's left, um, our, our right. And obviously the Aubameyang crossbar mm-hmm. was down that side also. Yeah. So I don't think it's... I mean, that, that's again, um, Valerie was caught too far up there. And, you know, just like um, West Ham and Burnley had done before, you know, just if you hook the ball up quick enough, um, you, you get through pretty much all of our back line. And, yeah, it just, we, we struggled with with um, with both Aubameyang and, and Saka. Mm. 
Um, and of course, <laughs> because we're looking at these two players, half-time subs come in and Valerie's off and Oberfemi's off. <laughs> so mm. I guess our work is done. But, um, I, was, I, I was interested to look to see what Long, what contribution Long made against Oberfemi and I guess yeah. Walker-Peters against Valerie. And, you know, we played a lot better in the second half, a lot more time on the ball. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's because Valerie and Oberfemi were off, but I can just remember Walker-Peters being more involved completely. He was, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, just, just two minutes in, I mean, Saka takes him out, doesn't he, straight away? I think they must have had uh, instructions to hit the Spurs lad, surely. Yeah, although <laughs> I, th- I think that might have um, uh, worked in his favour, because, yeah, I thought, I thought that was amusing, that the yeah, first thing that he gets done is get hacked down by Saka, but um, I think um, Saka amazingly didn't even get booked for that tackle. Mm. Um, and you know it, that was it was harsh. It was that was you know late high studs. Um, yeah, at least a yellow. But um, VR didn't call it back. But I think he must have understood that he was skating on thin ice because um, he, was, he was a bit more wary of um, Walker Peters. Mm. Um, so that that worked well for him. And again, marking the positive contributions, overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but ten to two, and wow. I didn't see him. Um, hoof the ball out. Um, you know, maybe maybe I missed 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 one, but um, yeah, and he was he was winning corners. Um, he was not only getting quite high up the pitch, but making crosses into the box. And yeah, I, I think he's a much more positive contribution than Burnley. A shoe in for Watford, I think. But um, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, Steve. Second half, we 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 settled a lot easier. Um, seemed so much better. We, forcing these chances what do you think Ralph said to him at half time good question um, I think pass just... the fucking ball forward oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I think just more intent and yeah. yeah not not so many not so many passes backwards because that's the thing Arsenal were looking to sit back against us and just counter attack um, which I think kind of look back on it you know it's Arsenal so um, it kind of just shows like how they've been having such a tough time recently that they had to stick to that game plan. But anyway, I won't go into that. Yeah, but. they're normally <laughs> normally the the style of you know beautiful football, just like pass it into the net. Yeah, but. yeah, that's it. And I think we struggle with that, and and we struggled all season really with a team that sits back against us. We struggled to break them down. So I think it was just more you know having a go at them, seeing. Um, what chances we could create and, and it helped with those substitutions because you know we, we were having more chances and um, I think there was a there was one with um, Ings where he brought it down um, for long and then mm. uh, almost came back for like a second ball after the um, the keeper saved it so much much better second half um, possession stats as well yeah incredible. yeah yeah exactly I think um yeah, you could tell Ralph wasn't happy with the first half, and uh, that second half was telling. And it's it's almost like a bit of um, like a carbon copy of the Norwich game as well. We didn't, you know, we didn't score any goals in the first half, uh, the Norwich game either. So, is it just something where we look and we see that our second half's always kind of going to be better than our first half, or you know, that's I think that's something we need to improve on as well, just having more intent in that first half because. Otherwise, we're throwing away half a game if, if we're not going to go forward and try and score. Yeah, um, yeah, it's almost like Ralph has to micromanage them all the time. Yeah, just to keep on at them. Um, and we say we did we did carve out a few chances. There was one of note that um, that I had down was the Redmond effort. 
Um, you know, the one that hit the side netting. He had, he found himself a little bit of space on that left. Um, it just t- takes the ball down and, and, and strikes it half volley into the side net. That was the only moment that I can remember where I actually got up out of my seat or just kind of like nudged myself forward <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that one because I thought it was in. There was one little bit of me that thought that was in. But um, mm. I mean, Long Longy had a great shot um, just did. before the goal. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, that, that that was going in was a decent save. So already he contributed more than Oberfemi did. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what do you? Um, how would you weigh up Obafemi's performance against Lawrence? Well, I mean, like I said, in the first half, I had nothing. You know, I, I had three touches from Obafemi in the first half. But that's not necessarily his fault because we weren't playing that, you know, expansive football in that in that period. Second half mm. comes, Long comes on. We're getting the ball a lot more. Walker-Peters is getting involved. Um, possession, we're not passing it backwards as much. Hoiberg's got the, got the ball a little bit more. Ward-Prowse has got the ball a little bit more. Um, we're creating some more chances. And Long, I mean, I, I haven't got the, the stats of, of Long here, Steve, but he had one, he had one shot on target. And that was the one that he was harried by um, Mustafi at that mm-hmm. point. So, yeah. I think it's clear that Long is definitely the second banana to Ings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was, um, there was a moment I kind of noticed as well in the first half where um, the camera was kind of screening into Ings and he was... It looked like he, he wasn't telling Oberfemi off, but he was, he was kind of telling him you need to do something better. And he also did that in the Norwich game. So I'm thinking, you know, you can, you can tell there's things that Oberfemi needs to work on if he's going to be partnering Ings. Um, yeah, it's, I it's thought that was... It's more of a comfort thing as well, isn't it? Because like, Oberfemi feels like he has to prove himself to, to, make, yeah. to make that third third spot his. Long doesn't. I mean, he's, he's been there before. He's done that. And he knows exactly what's expected of him when he gets on. And like we said before... Long innings together are so much better than any other combination that we've got. Yeah. Um, but my, I just don't think we tested um, Martinez enough. You know, going into the game, they had the towels between the legs, and they're not in great form. Leno's out for probably for the rest of the season now. Mm. You would have thought we would have tested a cold, get, a, a cold keeper out a little bit more than we did, because I don't remember him having to make a, a you know, a difficult save. I mean, the long one was right at him. Um, yeah. The one, I mean, the Redmond chance was wide that I saw. Um, Ings hit one over the bar. Uh, Armstrong hit one at Prouse. him. Prouse, Prouse yeah. hit one over. Yeah, just not testing him out enough. And I'm sure Ralph would have said that at halftime as well. We need to get some shots on target. At least put him under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the attempts at one point, I mean, I don't know what they were at the end of the game. I'm guessing you'll, you'll help me on this one, Kev or Steve. But th- yeah. at that point, second half attempts were down. Seven to one in our favour, um, but there was still something because we weren't testing him enough. They're not enough on target. I mean, only two of those were on target. Um, I didn't think at any point that we were going to grab this equaliser. I just couldn't see it because I just don't think we got the. We're just not creative enough. Mm. I mean, the momentum was behind us, but I mean, it's mm. just that in the final third, just not yeah. sharp enough. Yeah, yeah, we we definitely missed the Buffal or a Gineppo kind of character to unlock that defence. We I don't think we've you know we've really got that with this team. I think Redmond potentially, but yeah, didn't didn't really do enough to yeah, kind of unlock kind the defence. It was a kind of Buffal or Gineppo off the bench game, wasn't it? Mm. Someone to yeah in, would have spiced things up, wouldn't it? Yeah, but we never had any mm. of those, of course. Um, 
And then the goal. I want to talk the second goal. So many mistakes happening here. I'll start with my favourite. You know, those fucking back passes again. <laughs> it's from a throne as well. It's Hoiberg again. <laughs> I just, and like, okay, right. I, I start, I feel sorry for Stevens in this regard because he, I mean, he didn't have the greatest of games. As I said, he struggled with Aubameyang's pace. And here again, he was put in a bad situation. Yes, it was a red card. Um, normally, I wouldn't have any complaints about a tackle of that ilk. But when Aubameyang was fouled and he gets back up again and has another opportunity to score, is that obvious goal-scoring opportunity taken away from him? So should that have been a red card in that in that regard? Mm-hmm. He was on goal. I mean, the thing is, when this happened, right, my TV froze, like, just <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Just at that very moment. It's like, like if the you... 2010 World Cup all over again, Kev. Do you remember that? That's America. <laughs> I remember that as well. When um, uh, Gerard scored, the TV went, and we didn't hear it. We didn't see it. And, and then, yeah. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. I was around yours for that, I was Yeah, you were, you, were, you were over here, yeah. The 2010 World Cup, yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, the, the, it just froze. Like, literally, if you were replaying back, like, that was the frame that you'd want to see. And it... <laughs> It, like, you know, Stevens stretched out, lined down, and it looks <laughs> to me like he would, he just got a toe to that ball. And I thought, okay, you know, you should be fine here. As it again okay. goes to VAR, you know, at least he's got the ball. Uh, but yeah, that turned out well, didn't it? Mm. Well, I mean, the tackle probably was, right? It probably was a red card, I think. Yeah. yeah. But, but I'm just, my, my point was that. You, you, get sent, up. Yeah, yeah. you get sent off if it's a goal scoring opportunity and you've taken that away from that player. But he gets back up again and he has a chance to go at it again. So really, was it was he denied a goal scoring opportunity because he had another chance? I don't know. It's a weird one. But VAR didn't obviously didn't want to get involved with that. They didn't want to open a can of worms. So they just thought, yeah, it's easy just to give them a red card. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're not going to appeal that, are they? And that means we're without Stevens for the next two matches. And three, three matches, mate. Got it. Three matches. Three matches. Oh, straight, straight red, yeah. Oh, Christ, yeah, of course. So, Vestergaard's oh going to have to come in now. And I'm, I'm convinced that he came in on the, ni- on the 90th minute because he needs to get some game time on him. Yeah. So, yeah, no Stevens. Um, we, can't we, can, can we just recall Yoshida back? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Um, but yeah, as I said, so many things going wrong with that. And then the, the free kick from Lacazette was poor. It was straight at the wall. And I thought, OK, maybe there is a bit of luck here. And it rebounds back to him. And McCarthy, <laughs> oh, well, he needs to do better, doesn't he? I mean, me and, me and you, Steve, had a, yeah. had a chat after the goal. Um, yes, he does need to do better with that. And we're just not alert enough, are we? I think we're all interested in moving out. Mm. I don't, I, God knows why, because they're still on the ball. Um, and I think Hoiberg actually was the only player moving backwards towards the ball. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, the only player that seemed interested in trying to get back was was Hoiberg. But uh, another gift, another heap of mistakes, another goal. And Kev, how many times do we say this? Willick with his first goal. How many players have we given that honour to? Mm. Yeah, uh, especially uh, yeah, um, breaking his yeah. fifteen match goal <laughs> drought. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always against Saints. I will say that goal it is Kyle Walker Peters who I was watching who's, who plays him on side. Yeah, yeah. Which is, he does, doesn't he? But I mean, that's very sloppy. Yeah. I mean, if it was Valerie, he probably would have done the same. So if it was Valerie, he probably would have turned around and kicked it in his own net. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was only one of two, you know, negative things I had to say about. Um, 
Carl Walker beat us the, for that whole second half. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it was just another fucking shambles, wasn't it? Mm. Mm. And it turns out, Kev, that fans don't make that much of a difference after all. You know what? I will say, I, I haven't heard such a brilliant atmosphere at St Mary's <laughs> in years. <laughs> cheering throughout the entire match. Oh, when the Saints, <laughs> just when they were 2-0 down, oh, that was the it. Saints, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No booze, nothing. Yep, no fighting amongst our own fans. Yeah, brilliant. Um, Steve, I, I ask this every single time, and I'm kind of exhausted by it now, but I'm going to ask it. It has to be asked again. Why can't we win at home? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, we can't use that excuse, can we? We can't can't say it's because of the fans not getting on side. Um, it's got to be some sort of mentality thing. I I can't see any other way in which it could be. Um, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Maybe it is that that Pompey shirt buried under the foundations that's really oh, rearing that's its ugly head again. Fucking <laughs> urban myth, mate. But. I mean, this, I mean, if this is the control, you know, people are saying, oh, it's that negative, um, atmosphere at St. Mary's. I mean, this is, this is the control, you know, we've got, um, eight matches, um, without, so, well, how many home three matches? More, three more, three more at home. Three, three more. So we've got four home mm-hmm. matches to test it on. I don't think it's fair to judge it on the Arsenal match. Um, despite their form, they are a tough side to play against. Um, I, I think, the, the true test is going to come sure. a little bit later. Sure, but I mean, we're still making those mistakes at home. But then, you know, without those mistakes, we probably would, it probably would have been a nil-nil draw. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's yeah. judge it on a couple more. Um. So yeah, Man City up next at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not looking forward to that. <laughs> oh God. Um. And I just want to add on this game, the Hoiberg. Um. This Hoiberg situation, I'm just. I'm fucking done with it. I just, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I just want him gone. Uh, if, if he doesn't want to play here, then why, why don't, why do we play him? Just, you know, if he doesn't want to play in this, for this club, I don't want him to play either. So just go, just get out, you, and just, I've had enough. I mean, do you see any difference in his performances now to the beginning of the season or the end of last? Do you know season? what, Kev? When we first signed him, the question. Yeah. When, when, when we first signed him from Bayern Munich, um, people were up in arms about him and I thought he was overrated that first season the season before last I thought he was incredible I thought he had a really really good season and I thought oh okay hands up I'm wrong about him but the reason that I disliked him in the first place because I thought he was too negative I thought he he, he was more interested in, in personal stats like his, his passing percentage and stuff he does pass backwards a lot he cannot shoot the ball there's a reason why he doesn't score many goals what did he get one last season Mm, none this season. None either. this season. He does. He can't shoot the ball. He does not pass the ball forward. When he does, he loses the ball. There's just. I don't get why people like him so much. He loves a crack from thirty yards out because, like, <laughs> what the what, yeah. you know, one time it does come come off, um, people remember it. Yeah. Yeah. As he's got that stat, isn't he? He's had the most shots this season of any player in the league and not scored. There, there's a reason for that because he's yeah. crap. Well, he, uh, no, no, he's not. He does, he does do a good job at uh, um, winning the ball back, and he does do good at covering, you know, closing the closing the play down. But for the things that we need him to do, he is so so overrated. I just, I, I can't, I don't get it. I mean, I don't know how you feel about yeah. him. I mean, I don't know if it's because he's not not signing the new contract that people are changing their opinions of him finally. But Kev, you'll uh, stick stick up for me on this one. I've always thought he was overrated. Um. I don't know. I mean, he's, 
he's, I'm surprised that the number 35 million um, comes in the same sentence as, uh, as Pierre-Emil Hoiberg in some news reports. Um, so, yeah, he's, I, don't, I don't think he's worth that much, but if someone's willing to pay that much, you fucking fair play, let him. You can have him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, he does leave, leave a hole in the squad. I think that's um, what's got people scratching their heads. Do you, you, do you put your faith in a younger player like a small bone? No. Or do you go all in and um, risk getting a, a marquee sign? Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, decision. we change the formation up a bit and play 4-3-3, or do we... I, th- I thought that if we'd have done that um, against Arsenal, that we might have had uh, more of a chance. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we wouldn't have had that play in the middle to pass it back. Well, <laughs> I mean, m- maybe you know, leave Hoiberg on. But yeah, I would have taken over Femi off. Um, you know, played Redmond and Armstrong a bit further up, and then um, had three in the middle. I think. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. Hoiberg and Prowse could have covered the wings a bit better and um, held back Arsenal. But uh, Ralph loves sticking to that formation now. Well, it has worked. Yeah. He's, done, he's done tinkering, hasn't he? I, yeah, I don't want to mess up that 4-2-2-2. But um, I'm just saying, if we're going to look for next season, we don't want to give it to... Romeo's a squad player. He's not going to be starting every week. Uh, and, and Smallbone may be not quite ready yet. So I do think mm. we need to put our hands in our pockets here and, and buy uh, you know, a creative box-to-box midfielder. Yeah, what well, what we have is we have a player who can do that, but he's on loan at Galatasaray and he yes. never wants to play for the club again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's too inconsistent as well. We need a yeah a consistent. I know I'm not sure this player that I'm, I'm describing probably doesn't exist, but we need someone that can fill that Hoiberg hole. Like we need to splash the cash. I mean, even bloody Bournemouth went and spent thirty million on Jefferson Lerma. Mm. Why can't we? Be, I know it hasn't really worked out well for them, but. Why can't we do something like that? Got the money. Yeah. We, we're too afraid of well, making a mistake again. We've been, yeah, exactly. That's what we've been doing for the last few seasons. So, mm. um, you know, um, throwing cash at um, risky signings and they're not working out. Mm. Yeah, but they're not risky yeah. at the time, are they? They're like, yes, welcome. This is amazing. Well, it always is. I mean, they're not. You know, what signing could you say was a, a guarantee that it would be a success? Do you know what? I'd love Luka Modric. <laughs> Yeah, go on. Um, should we start a crowdfunding? What, what, how much do you reckon we'd need for him? He's quite old though, isn't he? Yeah. Someone like that, though. I know, I'd still take him, Steve. I'm not going to turn him down if he wants to play for Saints. No, no it's good. Um, yeah. Right, OK. Imagine Steve. the shirt sales. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Steve, um, your stats. Yes. Um, yeah, so looking at stats, I think... Looking afterwards, it was quite... Even in the end, and just purely in terms of possession, um, kind of passing accuracy, it was very, you know, the same as Arsenal. Shots on target with three out of a possible 12, Arsenal had five from 10. So again, like not too dissimilar, but as we've talked about already, it was the defending from us, um, and just the lack of, you know, kind of potent efforts really. Um, in terms of defense, we had seven clearances to their 19. I think it just, Wow. Really shows how well they defended. Yeah, I think, they, I think they gave man of the ma- official man of the match to Rob Holding, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, he was quality. Um, Lives up to his name. <laughs> yeah. um, we had 10 Rob. interceptions to their 15. <laughs> yeah, because he's rubbing the ball every time. 
Sorry, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, we had ten. We had ten interceptions there. Fifteen. Um, one thing I really wanted to highlight was just the McCarthy thing. I I I noticed very early on that he was coming out of his box quite a lot, and he was starting to you know pass it out for the back. And I was thinking, hold on, like why? Why is he? Why is he doing this? <laughs> um, so I looked into it a bit further. So he had 32 attempted passes this game, which is up from the Norwich oh. game where he had 18. Um, so I don't really know what's been said to him between Norwich and Arsenal. Maybe it's because we've had a bit more time and they're maybe thinking we want, we want our keeper to be able to pass out from the back. Um, we've already got a keeper in gun that can do that. But as we know, gun's not as comfortable, just pure saves. Um, so I think they're trying to get McCarthy to pass out from the back a bit more. Um, but as you can tell from the first goal that he's not used to it. So it's going to take time if, if we're looking to do that. That's, Um, that's a horrible, horrible, uh, option, I believe. I don't, did you say 32 times? He had 32 attempted passes in this game up from when he had 18 in the Norwich game. He had more touches of the ball than Oberfemi did. Probably this whole season. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes, um, it's a very telling stat, but I, I think potentially maybe they're looking at, you know, this is this last stage of the season. We want to work on something for next season, and that's going to be McCarthy passing out for the back. Um, that's that's what it says to me anyway. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that works with Watford. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, in in terms of in terms of the pressing though, um, very similar to when we played against Norwich. So that's something that's Ralph's keeping up. Um, Armstrong had 20 um, presses compared to like our top player, which was Danny Ings. He had 20 presses last game. So our front four know how to press, and, and that's great. That's something that we're keeping up. So I'm pleased to see that. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just the fact that we struggled to unlock their defence. Um, yeah, so I think that's really what I wanted to highlight. Mostly the McCarthy. Um, changes I think from the Norwich game but yeah good I, work I, and, um, I could be um, sidekick just to uh, Statman Steve for a second just on Valerie I noted down that his um, his passing accuracy was 62% for the first half and um, Carl Walker-Peters was 96 in the second yeah wow. I've got that yeah wow wow wow, wow. Uh, do, you, do you have anything else on Valerie versus um, Kyle um, I've not got so much about Valerie, more just because I was annoyed at him and I was like, oh, <laughs> Valerie. <laughs> but I've got that Walker Peters attempted two dribbles and two crosses, which I think is pretty good for just playing one yeah. half. Um, oh, yeah. maybe didn't go to the byline as much as Ralph wanted, but I thought, I thought he did a decent job. But at that yeah. stage of the game, we were already 1-0 down and chasing the game, so it has to change a little bit. But yeah, that's, um, yeah, interesting. Um, man of the match for you guys, who wants to go first? I'll let, I'll let you go first, Mush. Okay, oh. I'll mush. I'll mush. All right. <laughs> so, I'll go for um, Kev. Well, I mean, okay. Um, Jesus. Jesus? Uh, we need him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is, um, he, is he a centre midfielder these days? Um, Jesus. For, yeah. yeah, for Man City. Um, no, I mean, I don't know why, but I'm, I knew that this question was going to be asked, so I was kind of scratching my head up, so such a... I'm not going to say awful. It's, it's disappointing, isn't it? More than just a, a, a horrible performance. It, it wasn't atrocious. It was just, you know, those individual errors aside, it was just, you know, average. Nothing game. Really. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, you know, if that hadn't happened, it could have easily been a nil-nil, couldn't it? Mm. Um, 
But I felt that Bednarek came out um, quite, um, you know, looking better than anybody else. Just looking across, I prefer me non-present. Uh, Ings, I mean, he's always great, isn't he? But nothing really to work off. Um, Redmond Armstrong, working hard long wings again, but mounted to nothing. Hoiberg, definitely not. Prousey, again, not his best performance. Maka, no way. Um, and that leaves you looking at the back line, doesn't it? And uh, I think Bednarik um, looks the best of a bad bunch there. At least I thought so. But looking back at the highlights, he doesn't come off well, does he? No, that's why I'm surprised that you've gone for that. That's, I'm, I'm surprised. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to give it to Bertrand because he's the only other player that ah, I felt okay. positive. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, on, <laughs> on that formula, Kev, I'm going to give it to McCarthy. <laughs> no, I'm not. Obviously not. Um, the, interesting you say that. Like you, You're looking at every single position, really, and going down. And mm. I, I think... The player who got man of the match for us would not get more than a six out of ten. I think okay. anyone That's who fair. did, yeah. anyone who did have a, you know, a half decent performance by their standards, not the teams, would probably be people like Bertrand, people like Armstrong, people like Redmond, people like Ings. And I think because of that, whenever you're in doubt, give it to Ings. Yeah, I see what you're doing. <laughs> and That's exactly what I've done. He, he so, did good defending, to be fair. Yeah, and yeah. as you said, like the pressing never stops. Those players like Armstrong and Ings, they never stop working. So, okay, they didn't put the ball in the back of the net. They didn't have an assist or anything of note. They're still working hard for the team. And I think that whenever you're in doubt, it has to go to those sort of players. So, mm. for me, I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give the obvious one and give it to Danny Ings. I mean, you compare his performance to the previous one, and it's just, you know, chalk yeah, and really? cheese. But what are you basing it on, though, Kev? Goals? God. I've just. Uh, this is always just how I feel about, you know, mm. um, about the performances. Who gets me out of my seat? Or, you know, who, who gets me saying, ah, oh, fair play, that, you know, that's a good move. Yeah. Um, Narek, you know, a few times made decent clearances. Um, okay, yeah, he almost puts it in the back of the net and the awful back pass, but I don't think that was really his fault. No. Um, yeah, that's, oh, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, I Steve, think, um, what you say? I actually agree with you. I think I think it's Bertrand. Um, I've been looking at. I've just been pulling up his stats here. But um, in terms of progressive distance, like so, that's that basically just says like of all the passes that go forward, the most that tally up. Bertrand's the top outfield player there. He also carried the ball um, the second most distance, and in terms of like progressive distance, so like actually forward, he's also second. So I, I think. He's just so underrated. We're so used to Bertrand doing that kind of thing. We don't really highlight it, but he he probably goes forward like you know the most of any player. Um, he does give a lot. Like and he, he does he does cross the ball. Um, and I think if we lost someone like Bertrand, then that would be very telling. So I'm also going to go Bertrand there. Yeah, I mean that happened, didn't it? I mean when he was suspended, we were completely lost without him. Yeah, only yeah. Because we, only because we don't have a left back. I mean, there's, there's five well, and that, yeah. But, I mean, you, you opted to play three at the back rather than, and, you know, makeshift sort of left wing back. Left wing back. Oh, it's just awful. Like, that, that's not going to happen again. Yeah. In the away end today, we are delighted to be joined by Ricky Hart of YouTube channel, The 1881 Club. Welcome, Ricky, and thank you for chatting with us today. 
Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. Um, firstly, how are you? Uh, and how do you feel about having the Premier League football back again? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I mean, I could be a lot worse uh, based on like how everything's going with like lockdown and stuff. But no, I'm doing well. Um, I'm happy to have football back. But I mean, I'm sure you guys would agree it's not quite the same when, when you can't go to the games every week and mm. um, support your team, especially in particular for Watford's for our position that we're in. I feel like it would be better if we could have fans there. But I don't think that yeah. works for us because we can't we can't win at St Mary's no matter what. So <laughs> except except to <laughs> play Watford. Right <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right, before before we preview the game on Sunday, um, I just want to chat Watford and, and, you know, their general season so far up until the lockdown. Um, I, I suppose it's like a real feel-good story of the season. Well, it is for me anyway, because along with, like, uh, Chris Wilder at Sheffield United, the way that you turn things around has been, oh, it's been amazing as a neutral to sit there and watch. And you've kind of, like, I don't know about you two, uh, Kevin, Steve, but it's, it's been great to watch a team that has been bottom of the league and look like they're down. To turn it around so much and so quickly is is, is, is amazing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and off the back of last season's FA Cup final, and you finished 11th in the Premier League, so I guess, you know, you kind of went into this campaign with high spirits with Javi Grazia. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And I think, I think, to be fair, it was... Since we got into the FA Cup semi-final against Wolves, it results sort of started slipping. But then for all the Watford fans, it was sort of, oh, well, it's just because we've got the distraction of the FA Cup. And based on where we were in the league, we could sort of afford to have that little bit of lapse in concentration mm. when it came to the league and just go all in for the for Cup. Um, but then it was sort of like everyone was in high spirits going into this season. And we thought, right, we did very well last season. We don't have the distraction of, of the FA Cup. Like, boom, we should go out there and smash it. But... We didn't, and then everyone was completely shocked, myself included. I was like, "Well, what's going on?" Um, because we had no excuse of, "Oh, this was this is because of the FA Cup." We we didn't have that, and everyone was saying, "Oh, it's the FA Cup hangover or whatever." But like, it'd been so long, so it can't really be a hangover. Yeah, I mean, and then what was it September the seventh? Uh, the the shocking start, and it was that eight 0 loss to Man City. I think mm. the only reason that people forget about that's going on is because we, of course, went one better. <laughs> Um, against Leicester and that was at Never home no done. less as well yeah. <laughs> yeah and we had our home fans there cheering us on so yeah that's um, amazing uh, a day after that game Grazia goes uh, Kike comes back uh, but he could only keep the role until December and that first win coming in Norwich uh, at, yeah, yeah. at Norwich in November wasn't it and then on the 6th of December Nigel Pearson comes in completely turns you around now Eight points between Grazia and Flores and 20 points for Pearson, including wins against Man United and stopping Liverpool's run. Um, so currently in 16th, can you put your finger on what it is specifically that that, um, that Pearson's done up until the lockdown? Um, I'd like to think it's just the way sort of Nigel Pearson manages is sort of strips it back to the basics, um, gets us doing the simple things. Well, I say that. We still can't defend properly, but um, <laughs> but sort of tries to make us do the simple things right um, instead of playing all this like fancy football. And I think the person that Nigel Pearson is, I can imagine him being quite vocal. He's quite, a scary man. Yeah, yeah, he does come across as quite a scary man. He likes a fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, so I can imagine him at half time, you know, being that being that figure that can sort of give the players that boost that they need. And, um, you know, when he's come in, he's 
clearly done that because he's given them a boost, fresh, fresh optimism, fresh um, motivation. And like you say, he's turned it around magnificently. I did not see that coming, to be fair. No, and it's almost like there's a fear factor in there. Um, mm. Very, very difficult man. I, 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 you know, the interviews that he's done, it makes me cringe whenever he's got the mic. It's like I, I think back to the time at his Leicester days when he did that interview. And he called someone an ostrich, and yeah. the the Pat Murphy interview. Oh, it's just, it's always it's got a problem, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he was like that. He was like that with us as well. And when he was our manager, I had problems with him. It was just like I, 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 I don't like this bloke. There's something about him. It's just he's, he just makes things difficult. But yeah. Yeah, I think what I what I really kind of wanted to ask you is, um, obviously we we've seen, you know, I've been sort of semi following Watford um, the last few seasons. I know that there's been a lot of managerial changes, and it it has worked in the past, and, and you know it's obviously kind of working a bit more now. But what what as a fan, like, what's your what's your opinion on so much turnover in terms of managers? Um, it's. It's a, it's a bit of a weird one because for Watford fans, it's something that we've just become accustomed to. We're sort of used to seeing that now. And I know for like, like many other football fans, that obviously you're not used to seeing that. And, it, and then that's why everyone's like, Oh, here we go. Watford change your managers again. But for, for <laughs> Watford fans, we're, we're sort of used to it now. Like, like if Nigel Pearson went at the, se- at the end of the season, I think I might be right in saying that most Watford fans, well, whether they'd want him to go or not, that's that's a different question. But we, we probably wouldn't be that surprised um, mm. because it's just one of those things that we're, we're just used to. Whereas, I, I don't know, many other football fans might be like, oh, look, how many managers have they had in this season? Or like yeah. three or whatever. Yeah, and I don't know. I, and like you say, it does work or it has been working. Um, I guess we're about to find out whether it will work come the end of the season. But um, yeah, it, it's worked since we've come in, come up into the Premier League and even before that in terms of getting us promoted. And um yeah, I mean, yeah, like I say, it's just normal for us. Like, sure. it's, just, it's yeah. just how it is. And most people complain about the timing of the managerial changes, but this one seems mm. to have worked massively. I mean, the mm. timing oh, yeah. could, could not have been better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, um, I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the stat was the nobody had been in our position that late on in the season, um, and and then stayed up. I think that's like a record. So if we do stay up, I think we might have broken a record, and it. And it won't be of us like losing by the most amount of goals or or losing the most in an FA Cup final or something. So that's a positive, I guess. <laughs> how patient are the fans with managers? I mean, how how long do you have to wait before they start screaming out? <laughs> um, I mean, it, it varies. You always, I feel like with every football club, you get those fans who are like just sort of two games in and they're like, oh, oh, so and so out. Hashtag so and so out, but. The general consensus is, I reckon, we're fairly patient, to be fair, but I, th- I think it's when you're consistently seeing the same mistakes being made and stubbornness from managers. For example, um, it was, I think it was either, oh, I'm getting them mixed up now, Javi Garcia or Kike. Um, one of them, they were making the same mistake in terms of bringing the wrong substitutions on. He was leaving Saar, um, our record signing, on the bench, and, and he wasn't being used. And now... Since Nigel's come in, we've started using him, and he obviously scored against yourselves at your place, mm. and yep. he's he's been doing all right, and he's looked uh, a problem for defenders, at, for opposition defenders at times, and he's one of those players who can drive at the defence um, and create things, and it's just like the stubbornness is when sort of I feel like Watford fans 
when it's the same mistakes, we we sort of start losing our patience. Yeah, it's a good good answer. Um, I suppose yeah, if you're if you're accustomed to it, then yeah, it's just normal. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was um, so yeah, as I was saying, like I've I've kind of semi followed like Watford and like what they've been doing like since they've come up, and um, one thing is you know. Is it? It's the Pozzo. Um, am I going to get this right? The Pozzo family. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the kind of the link between Watford and Udinese. Um, I know when Watford first came up and when they were in the championship, they were getting quite a lot of those <laughs> players either on loan or like coming to the club. Is that yeah continuing? Do you think? Like you know, can you make the most of that for next season? Um. Well, yeah. Well, like you say, we were doing that in the in the championship, much to uh, Ian Holloway's um, disapproval. But um, <laughs> yeah, he had, he had a real problem with that. Um, but yeah, no. Whether whether we'll still do. I mean, we've sort of seen a bit of a change in terms of we don't do that as much as we did before. I mean, before it was fairly extreme, yeah. but um, now we've got more English players than I think we did. Uh, we've had for quite a while under the under the Pozzo era. We've we've you know we've got Ben Foster, Troy Deeney, Will Hughes, Chalabar. Um, cleverly players, yeah, cleverly exactly. Um, and I feel like this sort of changed the way that we're doing it. I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, Udinese fans actually <laughs> actually had a problem with um, the Pozzo family for doing that because really? we were take we were taking all of their players. It's like Saints and Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I think they had a problem with it. Um, the fans had a problem with it and they didn't, I, didn't, I think they fell out with the, with the Pozzo family. But, um, yeah, no, we don't see it so much anymore. I mean, you get the occasional player, but, um, whether we'll do it, I, I don't think we will anymore. I think we sort of moved on from that in a way and, okay. like, yeah, I think we look for, for example, we're signing like Ishmael Asar from like Rent mm. or, and I feel like, and I don't want to. I don't want to say it with any disrespect, but like more higher quality players, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sars is a great signing. Um, yeah, I know Mane speaks very highly of him. So, yeah, yeah, we love Sadio Mane. So, so yeah, to Liverpool with him then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's been um few months without football. Um. I suppose that gives you a chance to reflect on the season. Well, the bit of the season that's gone. But how do you feel about the way that they've come back after the restart? Uh, well, I was... Because obviously we've played Leicester, that ended in a 1-1 draw. Um, it, it, I was feeling fairly positive after that because I thought, obviously, to go 1-0 down so late on, the character and spirit that you need to sort of then fight back with like five or so minutes to go... Um, it's incredible, and that's obviously a great finish from Craig Dawson. I yeah, just, very, very good goal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and that's not even to mention Chilwell's rocket. Um, but I just think it was, it left me in sort of high spirits, because you know when you get a, like a last minute goal like that, it, it makes you, it makes it feel more like a win than it does um, a draw. Mm. And well, and on opposite. But it's usually the other way around for us though, we usually concede the goal. And then... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yep. yeah. Again, apart from when you play Watford, in, in which case it's James Ward-Prowse with the free kick. Um, but, um, Glad you said that. <laughs> no, um, that had me in tears. Oh, literally, uh, if you watch the vlog... Me too! You see, my eyes were watering well, yeah. For different reasons, for different reasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my eyes were watering up. It just felt like a punch to the gut. But, um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I was feeling fairly positive, but then... The Burnley performance sort of changed it for me and I just think it was so disjointed and 
the first half we really, really, we were so lucky to go into at half time. I, I don't know if any of you watched it, but we were so, I mean, you probably not because the Arsenal no, game. we were playing at the same time. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, yeah. But, I had a multicast um, though. So, I, I, every oh, time something enough. happens, which wasn't that often, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it cut across to, uh, oh, okay. um, yeah. Oh, um, right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, it just that we were so lucky to go in at nil nil because, um, they had a great chance where Foster had to, had to make a great save. Um, and then uh, Matteo Vidra hit the post, and then um, it, we had it cleared off the line with Craig Dawson. Oh, we were so lucky to go in at halftime, nil-nil. And, and then in the second half, it sort of got better, and we did show a little bit, but then we just can't take our chances, and that's sort of been the story of our season. We just struggled to uh, create, uh, well, firstly create, and then when we do create, we struggle to take them. And uh, yeah, teams often come and take advantage of that and capitalise on that. Burnley always pounce on that sort of shit. Yeah, <laughs> no, they, they are a bit... Well, my dad described them as a yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, my dad described them as a shit house team. I'm sure you agree. That's basically what they are. They are. I think (laughs) John White say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. (laughs) But the worst thing, the worrying thing about that was that they have so many. And I know it's like they were missing so many key players, and they have all these like problems going on, like within the club itself. And I just Mm. thought this is the perfect opportunity Mm. to take advantage, get that win we need going into um, Southampton, and then we've got. Chelsea, but then after that we've got winnable games like, well, West Ham, Norwich. Um, I just think that was a great chance, but obviously we haven't taken it, and, and now I'm extremely worried play, uh, about playing you guys. It's like if we split the season into two bits, I mean, again, you've had a lot of time to look look back. Um, what, who have been the standout performers this season before the restart? Uh, I would say I would say Capu's been fairly good. He's, he's been fairly consistent uh, this season. His his ability to pick out a pass and switch the play is magnificent. Um, yeah, he played a great pass uh, against Burnley, and, um, and that's just one of them. He's he's able to just ping it, and it's so accurate. Um, so him, Forster's been good for the majority of the season. Um, he's made some really really good stops, um, kept us in games at times. Um, but it's just it's just more. That we don't have an attack. I, like, I wish I could say that one of our attackers has been. Well, I mean, I could say Saar, but like he he's only started playing fairly later on in the season. But I mean, he has been really good. But I mean, in terms of an actual out and out striker, I can't really say that any of ours have been outstanding. Um, far from it, and that's sort of the problem. But yeah, I would say Kapu, Forstar, Saar, they're sort of the main. Hughes has had good glimpses as well. Um, he played very well um, against. Uh, who was it against uh, Leicester? Played played well, um, but yeah, those are sort of the main main people. Um, who have been the big bigger disappointments then? Um, good question. I think we've. I think Andre Gray has been, but he's mainly come off the bench. But he does nothing when he comes off the bench. Um, obviously, we signed Danny Welbeck. He hasn't played much. He's been injured, but. I don't think he's good enough to be at the club, if I'm honest. Um, who else? I should probably say Cavaselli looks a bit of a liability. Well, he, Cavaselli is known at Watford for being a bit of a liability. He seems to always have a mistake in him. Um, even when we played Leicester, he looked very nervous on the ball um, and made a mistake fairly early on that gave the ball to Jamie Vardy. Um, fortunately, he didn't capitalise. But And against Burnley, he was taken off at half-time because he just didn't look up for it. Um yeah, so I just I just think 
I just think he he's a bit of a liability, um, and that's again another area of the pitch that we need to focus on. Mm. So I mean, you, you think well, Welbeck's not going to make a difference? Do we think we'll see him um, tomorrow? Um, I I hope not. I, I would like to see Passetto. Um I I did call for that prior to the Burnley game, but um, Nigel went with Welbeck, and I. <sighs> He didn't do anything. Like the problem, right? The problem is, and I said this in, the, in my match review. He said he is. We're in a relegation battle, and you're going to need players who are willing to put their bodies on the line. And Danny Welbeck, and understandably to a certain extent, that he is not going to be that player because he's obviously had a history with injury. So you, I'm not expecting him to go out there um, jumping into challenges and all that because obviously you know that has an effect on players. But then that's fine. But do we really want to play him then? Because we're going to need players who are willing to challenge, willing willing to battle for balls, and uh, especially at a time like this when, yeah, you can't shy, you can't really afford to shy away from challenges. So I, I, would, I hope that he doesn't play tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, look, looking ahead to the rest of the season, when, is the goal still staying up, or have you got your sights set further up the table? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I think keep us in the Premier League Nigel for this season and then um, we'll, we'll regroup and hopefully go again next season in the Premier League but mm. I'm, I'm extremely nervous I was I was just um, talking to somebody yesterday on the phone and oh, I just thoughts of like being I'm sure you guys will remember if you think back long like long enough you, it was um, when you guys got promoted and you sort of won the league as well in the championship it's just it's okay in the championship it's just little things like for example I was thinking about it and it's like we're not going to be on match today. What are we going to be on? Like quest? I think that's the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it's just little things like that. Like I don't want to have to tune into quest. I think it's on um, to watch the championship highlights and like get about thirty seconds worth of highlight time. Uh, oh, yeah, well, I, I mean, don't think I'd notice the fucking difference. Did you watch match of the day? Um, <laughs> uh, the day that we were both playing, um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, Chelsea and City were playing. Yeah. I think they gave us about, you know, a couple of minutes of highlights yeah. and then um, detailed That's, analysis yeah. of how fucking delighted James <laughs> <did>. <laughs> well, yeah. well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's not really, really much difference to Watford get uh, to what Watford get now. We always seem to be last on match of the day anyway. Um, apart from when we lose 8-0 to Manchester City or, or get beaten <laughs> by a big six team. So, um, yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be much different. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just little things like that, really. But, um yeah, I just really hope we stay up, and I think that is still the goal for the season. Okay, so the game on Sunday. So Sunday yes. the twenty-eighth. That's the tomorrow. Um, yeah. Four thirty kickoff. Yeah. What kind of what kind of game can you expect us to see? Um, obviously, it's it's at home for you guys. Um, again, we're playing away, so we usually play. A, well, we usually play a lot better away rather than at home. Um, we both come off the back of uh, of a defeat. Um, kind of sounds like we. Both probably should have taken advantage of both Burnley and um, Arsenal not doing so well. So, how, how do you see the game sort of playing out? Uh, I think, to be fair, I think it will be from a Watford point of view, it will be um, sort of a case of trying to keep it tight, no mistakes. Don't give you guys, don't make it harder than it needs to be for ourselves. And from, I think you guys will sort of be looking at it like take the game to them, um, pressure them. Um, because you know we've shown this season that we are liable to making mistakes, and I think you guys will look at it and think, right, if we can get pressure on the players, all yeah. it takes is one slip up. If we score, if you guys score from that slip up, uh, our heads will probably drop. Um, 
I just think it will be a cagey, to begin with, a cagey affair, and then I think it will sort of open up as the game goes on. But Watford always seem to uh, start really slow, and not just after after the restart, but um, throughout the season, really. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think it'll be a tight one. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking as well. Um, do you, do you feel there's any weaknesses um, we can exploit? Obviously, so we've got um, our front four. I think fully fit now with Shane Long. He was um, oh no, he came off the bench. Look out for Long. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, yeah, do, what do you feel? There's um, yeah weaknesses that we can exploit. I think you kind of touched on them earlier a little bit as well. Yeah, um, I think just um, sort of if you pre- like the we, I think we struggle to deal with high press, um, and also just I feel like. When I feel like we struggle, obviously, when teams sit back for a bit. For example, Burnley defended very well against us. They had very mm. clear two banks of, I think it was two banks of four or a five and a five yeah. and a three or whatever. And I think um, when it's compact like that, we we struggle. And obviously, you say you're, you're, you've got your front four fit. Um, that is a massive problem because I think you've got a fairly good attack. You've got players that are capable of scoring um, mm. and especially with the strikers that you have, it, all it takes is one chance. You, your strikers generally don't need a second invitation. Um, you know, Danny Ings is capable. Um, Shane Long is capable and they will punish us. So I think we just, just need to keep composure. Um, and I don't know. I just think you, the press will, I feel like you guys will press and that will. Yeah. Yeah. That's our style, is, is to press, is, you know, the high press, the, the front four will be doing that. Yeah. But, you know, if you sit back and you defend well against us, then we will not be able to create the chances and break you down, I don't think. Mm. But if, if we, you can catch us on the counter, basically just yeah. do what Arsenal did to us, or exploit our mistakes, then, because uh, we, we do a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well... Yeah, I mean, not as many as Watford, I'm sure, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think what you say about, um, catching you guys on the break, I think that is something that we might look to do, especially because obviously we have Pace, we have, um, Saw, um, well, I was about, no, not Troy Deeney, um, <laughs> <laughs> not, not the sort of Pace he's Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, but, uh, no, we have Saw, we have, well, it depends on who plays out on the left, um, obviously it could be Pereira, but I don't, I don't think it will be Pereira, um, he he blows hot and cold and he's very inconsistent. But um, we have Saw, who's, who's sort of the main sort of person who will sorry who will look to to go through um, when we counter attack. And obviously, when you have Kapu, who I said mentioned earlier is capable of playing those balls, um, he will look to pick out Saw um, and try and play him in potentially. But I feel like it's just sometimes a, ma- uh, a lack of communication between our defence um, that sort of leads to goals. For example. Uh, when we played Leicester and Chilwell hit that rocket, it was, we had Mariapa playing at right back who is, who's naturally, he's a centre back. Um, but he, he can play a right back. And I think it was just a, a miscommunication in terms of telling him to get wide, go, get closer to his man. And he didn't, and obviously it allowed space. So I think it's just little things like that, that all it'll take is one little bit of miscommunication or, or one little time where we're not on our toes. Um, and we'll get punished for it. Like against Burnley, when they played that ball in, Dawson was caught flat-footed and made it a lot easier for Jay Rodriguez than it needed to be. But I think, it's, yeah, it's just the little things that will prove to be so crucial in that game. Right, and then the lineup. 
what sort of yeah. lineup are we going to expect? I mean, from from what I'm looking at the Leicester game, you had Kapui and Hughes holding, Saar, Decore, Pereira out wide, and then Dini up top. The Burnley game, it looked pretty similar from what I was looking at. Um, yeah, it was Welbeck, only the one change. Yeah, well, Welbeck came in and um, with Dini up top and Cleverly uh, came in. Pereira and Decore dropped to the bench. Uh, will, will, it, will it be similar to the Burnley game? Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I think so. But um, I think it's... I don't, I don't know whether Cleverly will play. Um, I think Decore might go back into the team. Potentially. Oh, God, I was going to ask, like, because <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking player. of putting a bet on, um, because Genesso is back off suspension. So, um, I think if you can put a bet on there being the handball in this match, so. <laughs> or it's on, I reckon. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I mean, you, you, the goal you, one of the goals you scored against us was, um, shouldn't have counted, said VAR. Um, so I was pretty gutted about that when that came out. Um, I think it was Gineppo who actually scored it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, it sort of levelled it out, didn't it, really, for Decore's one. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think Decore will come back in and I think, um, hopefully it won't be Welbeck on the left. I think I, I would like to see Paceto on the left or even, or even Jao Pedro, um, from Brazil. I don't know if you've heard much mm. about him, but he's, um, People talk quite highly of him, and I would like to see what he's capable of doing. So maybe if we can play him, um, that would be good to see what he can do. Um, oh. Any any suspensions or injuries that we don't know about? Um, we don't have Gerard Delefeu. Obviously, he got injured against Liverpool, and he's still that's sort of recovering from that. That's a very, very big plus for us. Yeah, oh, it's a massive plus. I think we're missing him um, massively at the minute. Um, he's, he, well, I, I don't know. He's just... When he played against Liverpool, for the time that he was on the pitch, he was doing so well. Um, and then obviously he's taken off, and ever since we've sort of missed him. And he's, it's just that creativeness on the left-hand side that we don't have anymore. Um, because obviously we still have Saar, but Pereira doesn't quite do the same job, and obviously Welbeck doesn't. It's just, yeah, I wish we had Gerald Delefeu, Um Because he just he just has those moments of brilliance. You saw it um, against, uh, it's going a bit back here, but against Wolves in the FA Cup semi-final. Oh, just that yeah. moment of no, brilliance. I knew you were going to say that. I watched that. That was fantastic. Yeah, it's just like out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming. It's just, I, I thought he was maybe looking to get the cross in and then all of a sudden, bang. Um, and then that gets us into the game. And it, it, yeah, it was just a mad moment of brilliant, uh, mad moment of brilliance. But I think that's that's what he brings. And I think we're missing that big time at the moment. So we're um, missing him. We're missing Daryl Yamat right back. But I think Kiko's... Um, doing a job anyway, a fairly good job anyway. Um, and <laughs> we're missing Isaac's success, but <laughs> I don't know if you know my opinions on him, but yeah, he's, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Further away um, from the lineup, he is the better. Well, um, news from our point of view, I mean, we're still waiting to hear from Bufal's thigh injury and Hoiberg went off against Arsenal with an ankle injury. So I don't know, mm. Steve, we could see Smallbone or even Romeo come in to... Uh, mm. I'll have to see Romeo. Yeah. yeah, Romeo, Romeo definitely. Romeo, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ricky, if, if, if you could pick one Saints player to put in your current Watford setup, who are you taking and why? Um, Danny Ings. I've, I've had a thought, I've had a think about it um, prior to this, and uh, I think it's got to be Danny Ings. I think, like I said earlier, we're, we're missing that striker who can score just... All he needs is one chance most of the time, and he'll he'll put it away. And we don't have that. And I think yeah, it would have to be Danny Ings. He's just a very very good finisher. He's very good at what he does. Um, 
And honestly, I'm, I'm, he's sort of one of the main players I'm sort of worried about for tomorrow, as well as obviously James Ward Prowse and all that. Oh, mate, you've got so many good players. You've got so many players who are capable of doing, causing us problems. <laughs> you just need to use them right, that's all. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think it would have to be Danny Ings. Can, can I just ask, what, what, like, if, if you, I mean, if you want any, um, if you could choose one Watford player, who, I'll who take would you Dale, go I'll take Dale Lefeu. Oh, Definitely. right. Yeah. Yeah. Even with his injury. Even with his injury. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Decore. I'm a big fan of Capu. Um, Will Hughes would be great in our team. Mm. Yeah, I thought I thought that that would be good. I thought I think he'd fit well in your team as well. Mm. But yeah, Gerald Delafay is a good choice. What about what about you two? I'd take Saar every day of the week. I think he's quality. I think he's he's got so much um, potential as well. And but then Steve, you'd have to leave Armstrong out of the team. I could swap Saar for for Redmond. <laughs> no, that's, no. A big, that's a big call. What are you doing? <laughs> so much more potential. <laughs> Um, just, just because I'm still fuming, um, I think I'm going to take Ben Foster and then we can just sell all of our other keepers. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I did think Fair about enough. Ben Foster. I did think about that. Because we need no. a keeper. A well, you, you can't have him. He's, um, I've got a bit of a mad crush on him, so no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I rate Ben Foster, so he's a very, very good keeper. Um, like a fine wine. Like a fine wine. Mm, he's a good guy as well. <laughs> yeah. And we could we could sell we could sell Gunnar McCarthy and then we'd have Foster and Forster and <laughs> that wouldn't get too confusing, would it? People call Forster Foster anyway, so it's like oh. yeah. Um yeah, okay. Can we get a score prediction off you then? Um I haven't really thought about like a score prediction too much, but I don't want to be negative but at the same time I'm really worried. So I think I'm going to go for a because I said it would be a KG one, I think I'm going to go for a one one, and that's me being optimistic. <laughs> I, I, if I'm being completely honest, I do think we might lose it, but I want to say 1-1. Yeah, um, I'm going to mirror that and probably say that one of the goals would be controversial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seven yeah, seconds so or a handball then. <laughs> yeah. Just VAR's not working. Just systems. Yeah, not or gold nine technology. Yeah, again. well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Steve, your prediction? I think I'm kind of going to go on, you know, last week, like we don't seem to get many draws at all. Um, Liverpool and Man City are the only teams that have less draws than us. And with Ralph, it's either gung-ho, you win or you lose. So I'm going to have to choose one of them. And yeah, have to go, have to go positive, go for a win, but I think we'll concede. So again, I'm going to go 2-1. I think it'll you think be... we were, you think you'll concede? I wouldn't hold your breath. I don't know. I mean, based Steve, on what we saw against Arsenal, I'm going exactly. I'm going exactly the same thing that you've gone for. I can't see. It. I, you know, as you say, we don't. We don't draw. Um, it's either going to be a win or a loss, and I think it's going to be a close one again. I think it's going to be exactly the same as it was at home. I think we'll go one nil down, and I think mm. we'll have what it takes and come back and win two one. Yeah, we're playing well in the second half um, at mm. the moment. Yeah. So you could be on for that. But I mean, Ricky said that <laughs> Watford don't start well. We're not starting well, so it is going to be very cagey. It's going to be nil nil at half time, isn't it? Then mm. yeah. going to get Deeney's going to get a penalty. Deeney will, <laughs> <laughs> will get a penalty. It'll be it'll be Vestergaard coming on. There's the controversy. He'll bully Vestergaard. Vestergaard will, <laughs> will handball it and headbutt him at the same time. Reach <laughs> <laughs> down, that for. Yeah, then uh, yeah, and then. But Deeney will score, and then we'll uh, we win the game two one. It will be an, it'll be an eighty ninth minute James Ward Prowse free kick. Yeah. Oh, please stop it, stop it. Oh, I'm having nightmares. He never comes on this podcast again. 
<laughs> no, I, do you know what? Like I've said it, I've done like a Q and A before, and somebody asked me uh, who my second team is, and genuinely is Southampton. I've, I've had, I always have a soft spot for Southampton. Oh, to be fair, nice. yeah, no, I yeah, I've been there. Like I think it's my most visited away day. Um, my dad's mate lives there, um, and it, it's just always so. Like, Do you say this when to I all go, the away fans? No, no, definitely <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> Definitely not. There's, I'm not going to name names, but there, there are certain teams I'm, I'm not a big fan of, and I don't like going there and <laughs> Palace. But um, no, I think, <laughs> but um, no, I, yeah. For example, like um, every time I've been to Southampton, like the the, the Southampton fans are so friendly, so welcoming. So um, yeah, there's always, there's always I'm good always banter there next to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always good banter between us. So uh, yeah, it's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about Palace. I mean, you've got um, a bit of... <coughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Um... Just because, I mean, you're, you're kind of... You're a bit far away from the um, London kind of Royal Rumble, and, you know, you're not, yeah. there's not many other teams around you. Like, who are your biggest rivals? Luton. Yes, Luton. They're our sort of main rivals, but we don't really... Comp- and I'm glad that they're going down this season, because then if we do, at least we don't have to pay them. Because just knowing Watford, right, we play them... And we'd bottle it. Just, I just know that that's what what Watford's like. So I'm glad I'm glad we don't have to play. I mean, it would be good if we if we played them one. But um, yeah, Luton are our main rivals. We have a little sort of mini thing with like QPR, but um, and then we sort of have these like other little rivals that aren't based on like location. It's sort of like Palace. Um, we have a bit of needle with Everton with Wolves. Yeah, um, I was watching your videos and I, I get the impression that you didn't like Wolves much, and I couldn't figure that one out. Yeah, it's sort of um, mainly be- it's sort of because of the uh, whole um, Raul Jimenez with the mask thing, uh, um, yeah. and obviously Troy Deeney called him out on it and just said, "Well, he can wear that home now because he's a loser." And <laughs> I think, uh, and all the Wolves fans interpreted it as him being disrespectful towards the culture or whatever, and oh. um, completely misread the situation and what Troy Deeney said. And um, there was a lot of Troy Deeney came out, um, Andre Gray came out, uh, Cabaselli came out, and there was a lot of uh, racist messages being sent from Wolves fans. To, and, and that's oh, wow. just not that I'm not, let me make it clear, I'm not saying that it's only Wolves fans who do that, but it was particularly after they, after we beat Wolves that it was a lot of Wolves fans who were sending it towards them on uh, Instagram and stuff and they came out and there's like a documentary on BBC I care about it. But, um, oh, wow. Yeah, I think that's sort of that. That's, that's why that's um, how it is. Okay, Kev, you've got your choices there, mate. Um, well, okay, you've got a Wolves, Luton, or, or Palace shirt, depending on the mood. Um, yeah, you've got to wear the shirt of her for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten. What's your What's your decision? Uh, what, wait, sorry, which team are we? Got, which team would it be? Uh, let's say so what, Wolves then. Let's say, yeah, what, you got to wear a Wolves oh, shirt. Yeah. Oh, sleep in a sleep in a haunted house for how many, how many years? Ten. Make it twenty. <laughs> <laughs> you got yourself a deal. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yep, another um, another in that number special as well. Would you would you rather be half the height of Leo Messi, or would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I, Tough. I one. mean, yeah, it actually is. Um, because I mean, they both have their disadvantages. I think oh, it's really difficult. I think I. <laughs> Mainly, I think I'd just be half the height of Messi. I just don't want the the neck yeah. pain and the back pain that I think would come that would come that would come with it. I'm I'm already like six foot three, and I'm, I sometimes have problems like back problems. It's really bad. I'm only eighteen, but um, yeah, <laughs> sort of get back pains occasionally. But um, 
Yeah, I think it would be a lot worse if I was double the height of Peter Crouch. So, um, yeah, I think I'd have to go half the height of Messi. What is that, like two, three foot, two foot <laughs> something? Not tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surely I'm registered as a dwarf then, no? I'll just add. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Film extra work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we love a good fan chant on in that number. What's your favourite chant to hear at Vicarage Rose? What, uh, what do you want me to to sing no, it? No, you don't. <laughs> oh, you don't have to sing Unless it. Unless you want to. Um, <laughs> yeah, go on. Then. Yeah. Go on then. I might as well be. Yeah, go on. I'll be the first. Um, at, at Vicarage Road, yes. Yeah, so it can't. It can't be an away away game. Oh, no, one. it could be an away game. It's fine. Whatever. Oh, why not? All right, you ready for this, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Neil. We only lost eight. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got uh, one, so it would probably be. Um, um, I do like. I do like. We've got Super Nigel Pearson. He knows exactly what we need. Cathcart at the back. Feeney in the back. Pearson's keeping us in the Premier League. That's that's the one. <laughs> Love it. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> But yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll be, um, we are staying up. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be singing that, um, in our, in our homes while we're watching it on TV come the end of the season. But yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I really yeah. do. <laughs> this, this was just me, um, talking to Ray earlier this week. So I've got a mate who went to school with Will Hughes. Um, he went to school, it was a private school in Derby. And, um, he, he said that he came across quite arrogant. And um, that kind of interested me because he looks like quite a, you know, quite a nice, like a nice kind of normal guy. But I just wanted to sort of hear your opinion on it. Have you ever sort of had that feeling about him? Ooh, that's um, interesting. But what, when he went to school with him, um, yeah. So it was his, um, it was private school in Derby. Um, that yeah, he went. To, it was in the same year as um, Will Hughes. Oh, um, no, I, I don't. I think, like you said, I think he's always like. For me, anyway, I think he's always come across as quite a nice, genuine, humble guy. Um, yeah. Potentially, I mean, I mean, people change, don't they? So, I mean, he, yeah. he perhaps changed. he could have been arrogant. Um, he's become then, more arrogant now. He's playing in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, <laughs> but yeah, no. Potentially, yeah, he's. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. People no, change. I, I think. So I, I think. Got, I got a lot of love for for Will Hughes. I think he's a good player, decent player. Um, I, like I said before, I think if he was in our team. Mm. He would help us out immensely. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. Before we let you go, Ricky, um, I was watching your YouTube channel. <laughs> oh no. No, no, that's yeah. fine. Um, and I loved it. I saw this thing, that oh. you did, this video that you did when you uh, ranked every Premier League kit from this season. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, you know where I'm going with this one, don't you, Kevin, Steve? Can you guess yep. which uh, Ricky ranked twentieth? <laughs> I, I oh, genuinely hope it is our host. It has to be ours. Yeah. It was us, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I agree too. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just the sponsor. That's the main no, thing I sort not. of remember about it. The sponsor's horrible. Black bit, the black yeah. bit on the top. Exactly what you said. False beards, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It looks hideous. But I, I love that you were going for it in alphabetical order. So what he was doing, so he picked up with Arsenal, and he ran, I think you ranked that one first, didn't you? Yeah, I think oh, I really like the Arsenal one. <laughs> yeah, nice kit. Um, you like the Leicester one as well, which everyone yeah. seems to like. Yeah. Um, and you were ranking them from there, and I thought, okay, oh, I'm so interested to see what's it. Well, so I, I watched the whole video because I, I was curious to where you were putting it. Anyway. 
you, you, you weren't too high on Bournemouth, and I thought, okay. And you went to Norwich, and Norwich one is hideous. And I thought, yeah, I really that don't. one's only 18th. Where's the whole one going to be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it has to be Bournemouth. It's horrible, horrible kid. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you guys agree, because, I mean, yeah, it would be a bit... Yeah, if you if you lot thought like it was a really nice looking kit, then it would be a bit of a different conversation right now. I think that would turn into a separate debate. But. I tell you what, I do like though. My favourite. I'm just probably going to not going to sit well with you, but I like the Crystal oh. Palace shirt. I really do like that shirt. Mm. I think they've done a wonderful job with that. I've got a Palace fan on, didn't we, at the start of the year, and I said to him, then I think it's the it's the nicest kit in the Premier. League. I like it, and I'm not just saying it's because you're on, but I always like the Watford kit. I just like the yellow. I like the yellow and black. It goes really well with everything. Apart from last season's stripes, I didn't like that. Yeah. Too much. But this kit, they've got spot on. I love it. Yeah, I think it's always a case of like, even if I, I think as as a Watford fan, I think for me, it just, even if I don't particularly like a a Watford kit, it always seems to just grow on me anyway. Um, Mm. I really like our away kit. Uh, I don't know if the blue one. I like the blue. I don't like the green one. Yeah, oh no, I don't like the green one. I think that's hideous. But the blue but, um, one's really nice. Yeah, the blue one's really nice. I do like that one. Um, but yeah, no, um, from what you've been saying, because obviously you've been like mentioning a couple of my videos, like you must have done some extensive research. I, I respect that. I have been, yeah. I always <laughs> found yourself in, in the. Um... <laughs> yes, I was in your video when you went to St Mary's. There, there, yeah. was, a, there was a fracas involving <laughs> our own fans. Um, yeah, what was going on there? I have no idea. I was just enjoying, the, well, trying to enjoy the game from, <laughs> from losing 1-0. That was and the end yeah. of the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, and mm. I was trying to, to ignore the Watford fans screaming, it's own, we only lost 8-0, and I was like, let's <laughs> concentrate the game, just ignore them. And then we all started kicking off right in front of me, and I thought, oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Again. And then, of course, the Watford fans kicked up and saying, oh, how embarrassing, you're fighting yourselves. And stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it is embarrassing. It is, but then we won 2-1, so... Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you had to throw that one out, there, didn't you? Brilliant. No, Sorry. but it, it was good banter. It was um, yeah. I, like, I really liked it. Like, I think I did a really good job of like showing what both fans are seeing. So obviously we were seeing yeah. how shit my Shuby were winning away, and then obviously um, how shit my Shuby is only one nil. Yeah. And like, and yeah. then it alternated when you guys went two one up. Yeah, it was fantastic as well because when when Saints were singing back at you, the, the, your reaction to the to, to the fans was great because you were laughing and clapping. Yeah, at them. yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of banter. It wasn't there was no hatred there, and yeah, and no. that's, that's what football should be about. It should be yeah. like that. That's why yeah. I'm sitting next to those away fans because it just adds something extra to the game. Yeah, exactly. And, and I've always find that like, oh, especially when I go to because I sit in the rookery at Vicarage Road, so it's completely the opposite oh, end right. of the. Yeah. So. Um, when when I go to away games, uh, away games, if I'm close enough to the away fans, you always I don't know you'll probably know this. Like you always pick up. There's always that one fan that you have like yeah. this thing with. There's always yeah. that one fan in particular, and, <laughs> and every time you like score something or like they score an offside goal, you always Straight give it out, to yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, and then like, but I, I like for example when like I remember I was at Southampton a couple of seasons ago, and I was like it was the other end of the so not your end of the away fans, the other end, um, and I was oh, sitting the, there. The northern. Um, yeah, so the right-hand side to us. Yep, that's the northern, yeah. Yeah, so it, it was there, and there was this one fan who, like, we were giving it to each other, and um, and then obviously you guys scored, and <laughs> my tactic was just to sort of, like, just, like, stand back so I couldn't see him. <laughs> yeah, just don't look over at him. So, like, he was, trying to, he was trying to get my attention and give it to me, and I just, yeah, I feel like that's my tactic. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I do like Southampton. It's, uh, I, yeah, I never have any hatred, and, like, I would like, for example, if it was the opposite situations now, I'd, I would, I would hope that it was never Southampton who would go down. Um, it, mm-hmm. Yeah, I always have a soft spot for you guys. Oh, so. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> I do, I do honestly mean this. I really, really do hope you stay up because you deserve it. It's, it's been, oh, thank you. It's been a great story. 
So yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on today and chatting with us. It's it's been a hoot. Yeah, it's been good. Thanks for having me on. Like, I I really enjoyed it. So yeah, I I really like this podcast. So like, um, yeah, just like like when it goes out, like at me, and I'll like share it, and I'll get people listening. And yeah, amazing. Thank you very much. Cheers, Ricky. Nice one, mate. Nice one. Add a ball. And no, you said fuck once. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I, I find that like because obviously like uh, I feel like you've got it from my blogs, but I, I only sort of mainly like swear. It's like more instinctively like when James Will Trial smashes in a free kick and lost <laughs> it. It's like those sort of situations. Again, where... I do too. <laughs> it's more like those situations, but um, yeah. Brilliant. Right. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you guys, thank you. Cool. Up right. the Saints. Up, <laughs> up the Orns, up the Orns. <laughs> Take care guys. Cheers mate. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, welcome back to the Extra Time segment. Um, not as you know it, we're just going to do a quick one. We're just going to go over the predictions from the Arsenal game. Um, so I went 1-0 to Saints, Steve went 2-1 to Saints, and Kevin went 1-1. So fantastic between all of us, no points. I mean, so, if you look at it, I got the goals right, but the other <laughs> way around, and minus one. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I, I predicted the right number of goals. <laughs> yeah, I, I got nothing. Um, uh, so yeah, the scores remain 53 points to Kevin, 39 points to me, and Steve, you're on two. Yeah, so. That's so great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin, Russian phrase this week? quickly yeah there's the same um it's sort of just the russian version of there's no place like home uh they say that um well if i was going to literally translate it it would say that um away is good um but home is better but i'm going to turn that on his head because <laughs> because saints yeah uh, and say uh that it's worse so yeah Хорошо, а дома хуже. Фагастья хорошо, а дома хуя. Фагастья хорошо, а дома чуче. Хуже. 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 Hey, let's try that again. I will do it a second time. It'll make you sound a bit better. Фагастья хорошо. хорошо, а дома хуже. А дома хуже. Хуже. It's very difficult. That's very difficult. Right, okay. Uh, on that note, up the Saints. Up the Nahui Saints. Up the Saints. Podcast Network.